go into probably a last message on healing. This was deliberate because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, what, what you don't know can kill you. <laughs> there is nothing like happy ignorance. You got to know these things because faith is what brings healing to us. Tonight I will be talking about um, the works of demons. I know in America I think most of us think when the last apostle died, all the demons went into hiding. <laughs> they're still here. And they're still working in the lives of people. And then I will conclude with Paul's thorn, which is something that I think Satan uses a lot to hold Christians down in oppression with sickness and disease because they're always thinking. You hear ministers talk about Paul was sick. Paul was sick. I mean, you've heard that. Paul was sick. And it really disturbed people. If Paul was sick, who else can be free from sickness? But we're going to be examining that tonight and going into the, uh, deeply into that so that your mind, your consciousness is removed from that and you have a new consciousness. Your mind is renewed and so God can reach you and heal you. My people perish for lack of knowledge. That's the whole thing. Again, the key thing, understand this. I'm dealing with healing. But I found out very quickly, the principle is a principle of faith. It cuts across everything. The same principle works across everything. Whether it's your finances, your home, your marriage, whatever it is. You can actually take authority over it and things will change. Things must change. Once you understand these principles, you can stay in one place and just destroy whatever is going on. So we're going to be talking a lot about this today. Father, I want to thank you. Spirit of the living God, I know you're here with us. And you are indeed our teacher. Teach us tonight from your word and help us to, to move on with our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, John chapter 14, and I'm going to be very deliberate just going through this. John chapter 14, 12 and 13. This is Jesus speaking to us. He's speaking to everyone who is a believer. And I want you to take this to heart. Because if you exclude yourself from this, you did it yourself. Jesus didn't exclude you from it. You can do the same things. Jesus said, most assuredly, in other words, I will not lie to you. I'm telling you the truth. This is truth from heaven. Jesus said, I never say a word unless what I hear my father saying. So this was what God was saying. He's speaking what the father was saying. So he assures us, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. The works that I do, he or she will do also. He wants us to be assured of that. That if you are a believer, not a believer 10 years old as a believer, even if you just got saved today, sometimes it's easier for Christians who are just saved today. I find it so easy to help people who just got saved the same day to receive the Holy Spirit. Nobody has told them they can't. They just flow with whatever you're telling them. 
But with, with people who have been in the church and have heard all kinds of preaching, when you start telling them, they are analyzing everything you're saying, and there's a little fear, are we sure it's not lying to us? But the new ones don't care. You tell them, come out of the boat, they get out of the boat, and they're, they're walking with you, they're happy to go. And, and so this is so important. I, Jesus is saying to you tonight, because you are a believer, you can do the works that he did. And I said, this scripture used to really bother me. Because I, could, I didn't think I could. And if I saw somebody that did it, I set the person apart as holy. But that's not the case. Every believer can do these things. Because you are a believer. You need to try it. Until you try it, you'll never know. But the first day you go out and you try it and God begins to use you, that's the beginning. You've sown the seed. It will continue to grow. The more you water that seed by going out, it increases. But remember this. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Once he's used you one time, ten years later, he'll use you. If you step out, he's right there with you. He never forsakes us. He's always there. He watches what we're doing. He said, you will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And then he added that whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Notice it's not asking in his name for you. He's saying whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. Because he's already told you that the works that he did, you will do also. So you use his name and you demand it and he does it himself. It's like you're saying it and he's doing it because you're taking his place. And the reason is, he wants his father to be glorified. Who doesn't want God? You're a Christian. Don't you want God to be glorified in your life? Well, do the works. Uh Do the works. Because the works glorify the father. It glorifies the father. It brings them face to face with God. I remember in a crusade back in, in my country... Where we've had a lot of healings in in the field, just soccer field. And one evening I came in, I was about to go up the stage, and and in my country, those that are wealth wealthy, uh, wealthy people, they kind of uh, with the big shots, and they look these ignorant people. I guess it's happening here too. These ignorant people go to churches and all of that. This well, this was a wealthy man. And he walked up to me. He said. Young man, do you know me? And I put my head down because really, I don't like to deal with people like that, you know? I said, oh God, help me. <laughs> Give me a good attitude because I'm about to let him have it. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. I just came here to preach, okay? I said, no, sir. No, sir. I, I don't know you. He shook his head. He said, I am. He mentioned his name as if I was supposed to know. I just came from America. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I can tell he's a big shot. He said, you know, I never go to meetings like this. Okay. Where are we going with this? He said, I kept hearing all these things in the village about what, you know, God supposedly is doing here. And I said, I'm going to go try that young man to see if he's really real. I have this stomach thing that has been bothering me for a while. 
So that is his trial for me. <laughs> so he came. And guess what? I didn't even know he was there. I didn't know I was being tried. He got healed. And that's what he came. He said, and now I know you are a true man of God. And I felt like a real true man of God. Because he said it. <laughs> because he said so. But I noticed immediately God gave me wisdom. I knew he was a well-known man in the community. If I can get him up to testify, amen? If I can get him up to testify about what God had done to, to him, I know they will all listen because they know his past, okay? He won't do something like that. So I quickly said, are you willing to go up there and tell them what God is doing? He said, you want me to go? I'll tell them. I said, go up, please. Boy, he got the microphone and he was sharing with them. Guess who got glory? God did. It would be easy for me to preach that night. Anything I say, amen, will follow up. You know. Yes, whatever you say. And I tell them, receive Christ. Guess what? Yes, if this skeptic, you know, skeptic can come up and share this thing, God will do this for us. So God is glorified when we do these things. So that's the key thing about it. It's not you. It's not about you. Amen. Say it with me. It's not about us. It's about him. When we do these things, those who are skeptical about God, they can deny it. They just cannot. And so they come into faith. So that's the purpose for this. Now, I need to let you know that sometimes demons are responsible for sicknesses. And demons are also responsible for a lot of troubles in life. You may not be aware that they are there, but they are really doing damage to you. Sometimes to people's marriages, your children, your money. When, the de- when demons come into it, they'll destroy everything. I've come to realize that these things are there. In, in my country, and I'm going to be very open to you tonight, uh, I usually don't say anything until we get there. And, and the Americans are baffled when, when a, a man says, I have a spirit wife. Have you heard the word before? A, spirit, a woman says to my friend who preached here, he went to meet in Nigeria, I put him in a corner, and a woman went to him and said, I need you to help me. I have a spirit husband. You need to cast him out. He walked up to me, good luck. Is that woman, is she okay? She says she has a spirit wife. I knew exactly what she was talking about. These things are real. Sometimes they cause divorce in the home. I have dealt with this. And there are certain patterns that happens in a person's life. I may not have enough time to share with you, but this is things I've dealt with for a long time. They'll destroy your marriage. Everything will be happening naturally, but they're destroying your marriage. I read from Paul Yonggi Cho. He was talking about this husband and wife were fighting and quarreling and just really getting. He was the one that married them. So they called him. And they said, you put us together, we want you to come and pray over us while we go our separate ways. He said he went there and he talked to the, the uh, wife 
And by the time the woman threw, got through with what she was saying about what the husband was doing, he was ready to let this young man have it. He was very angry. So he went to the guy and the guy told him his own story. And he was mad at the woman. And both of them were yelling at they, they had already packed their stuff in the boxes. They just said, you know, please don't preach, don't say anything, pastor. All we want you to do is bless the separation of the marriage. <laughs> We're going our separate ways. You bless us to come together. We want that blessing to separate. And he said, he didn't know what to do. He talked to this one story. He talked to the other, the other one had different stories. And he didn't know what to believe. And they were both right. Both right. And that's what happens in a home. Both of them right and both of them wrong. And so pastor was thinking, what am I going to do? I've never, this is not the ministry to bless separation. This is not my calling. So finally he says, come here. And he grabbed them. And he rebuked the devil. And bound, he bound Satan. And then he says, what God had joined together, let not... And he put their hands together. He walked out. And he said, they started unpacking. They spent that whole night unpacking their stuff. And they called him, Pastor, we don't know what, why we were arguing about these things. were so silly. It don't mean anything. Guess what was behind it? Demons. Demons. They can stop a woman from being pregnant. So that's why I know I can, I can help a woman get pregnant. Just get rid of the demon and say, go back to your husband. We're going to have a baby. And for me, I, I have, if you're a woman of God, if you're a woman of God, I've come to realize, and please listen, have you seen in scripture where a woman of God is having trouble having a baby? What happens when God comes in? It's usually a boy, right? Every time that a woman of God has trouble conceiving, when God comes through, it's always a boy. Isaac, you remember that? With uh, Rebecca, she got two. <laughs> two boys. It's always a boy. Always a boy. Samson. Always a boy. Hannah. Always a boy. John the Baptist. Remember him? It's always a boy. So whenever I have that problem, when I pray for them, I'm expecting a boy. And it's happened. Pastor Andy will tell you when uh, Christy was having problems conceiving, I prayed over her. Please don't say I prayed over a demon. I don't remember what I did. I just prayed. She conceived and I already knew it was a boy. That's true. A boy. It's always that. You find principles in scripture, you lock in by faith. Amen? And God will always do it. I was in South Carolina ministering to a family, I think was a president of, uh, president of uh, a college, a Christian college there. And I spoke to the kids that day. I think a guy who had tuberculosis or whatever got healed. I heard that later. But they brought in a lady and who couldn't get pregnant. And I started asking her, what are your dreams like? And she was looking at me like, what kind of a minister is this? 
What has dreams got to do with me being pregnant? But then I started describing what could be happening in her dreams. I was right. So she thought she was dealing with a witch doctor. I'm not kidding. <laughs> because that is exactly what demons do in the lives of people. If you're a woman and you're having some kind of relationship in your dream with somebody, if you see them in the outside as a person, you can recognize them, but you see that dream constantly, you have a demon spirit that's harassing your life. It's going to harass your marriage and destroy everything. That's the truth. That's what they call spirit husband in Nigeria. And it's real. You can talk to the demon and they'll respond. These things are real. Demons, they are messengers from Satan. Satan can't be everywhere at the same time. I'm just coming real. This is not biblical. I'm just telling you the truth. Satan is not God Almighty. He's not everywhere at the same time. If he's in Nigeria, he's not here. I met a minister in Georgia. He says he was trying to cast out a demon from his brother who is, uh, I don't want to use the bad. He was gay, right? And he was trying to get, get the spirit out. And I'm talking about the language he used. He was trying to get the demon out of him. And the spirit spoke up and said, this is Lucifer. And he said, brother, good luck. And I'm dealing with Lucifer. I said, your Lucifer can be in your brother, that little one. He's not a president. He's not even a governor. What would he be doing with him? He can't do anything to the world. Satan don't need somebody like that. He deceived you, so you quit praying. He tricked you. That's why I don't talk to them. Stop talking. Come out. That's what I want. We're not making some conversation here. Come out. And that's what Jesus did. Be quiet or shut up and come out. That's what we do. He was trying to talk to him. They tricked him. And he was scared. I'm dealing with Satan himself. I said, yeah, your little brother sitting here for no way. But, but the point is, Satan is over all of them. And he has his messengers. Demons and they meet. Read in Isaiah 54. They shall surely g gather, but not by me. Remember that? They gather and they hold meetings. God himself holds meetings. If you read in Job, God was meeting and everybody came around. God hold, holds meetings. Satan has meetings. And sometimes their, part of the agenda is you. That's not funny, right? <laughs> Satan give us the agenda. He says, you see that fellow over there? Who can trick him? That's what happens. And he empowers them. That's why we, keep, we cut off his power over them. And once his power is cut off over them, they're pretty scared. They were scared of Jesus because they knew he had power over them. So every time he showed up, they were already frantic. What have we to do with you? Remember? They know he can cut off Satan's power and cut everything. This is the Son of God. We're out of here. We're in real trouble today. But guess who's living in you? Jesus. So every time you show up, you don't have to be afraid of him. We don't preach about Satan from the pulpit. He's too little. We talk about God Almighty when we come here. But we talk about him so we have knowledge and know how to deal with our enemy. 
and how to put him in his place. Amen? It's so important. I don't fear Satan anymore. I used to be real scared of it. At a time, I got to the point where I was scared for myself because I lost the fear for him. And I, feel, I felt like I could act silly because I, I didn't, he didn't bother me at all. I, if he showed up in my room, I wouldn't be bothered at all. I, I just don't have any fear for him. Because I know Jesus has really defeated him and he did it real good. Really good. He's got nothing but tricks. And I'm not buying into his tricks. Amen? All he's got is tricks. So, demons can cause sickness. So you can't treat, when it's a demon, you can't treat the sickness with some kind of medicine. It doesn't work. Sometimes, give me some time. This is really important. I need to, I need to let you know things, you know, that you need to put together. Many times we read certain scriptures and we just go by without thinking. And so, but when God helps you to put these things together, you begin to gain a little bit of understanding and then, then you lose the fear. But if not, you're going to be really afraid. Most people think... Everything that's happening, if it's, if it's happening in your body, well, Satan can't create anything. If it's a virus, it's got to come from God. I mean, he believe that. If it's some bacteria, and if it's in the body, it can be seen in the microscope, and you can feel it and touch it, then God must be involved. But that's not always the case. My God opened my eyes some time back. You remember when Moses went before Pharaoh? And he cast his rod down, his stick, and he became what? Was it a real snake? The Bible says it was a real snake. If you say it's not a real snake, then you really don't believe what the Bible is saying. The Bible actually says it was a real snake, and so, uh, they, uh, Moses ran away from it. Remember? And God says, hold it by the tail. Don't tell me it wasn't a snake. You can't hold something. You can't see it's a phantom. You hold it by the tail. No, it was real according to what God, it was a God. God was there. But what did the magicians do? By God? The snakes that they made, did the snakes have eyes? God did that? Think about it. Didn't they call up frogs? Read the scriptures. It's there. It's there. We just don't think. Were the frogs hopping that they called? Certainly. Real frogs. But God wasn't involved. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sometimes, because we're thinking we are trying to protect God. I don't try to do that. God doesn't need me to protect him. I see, I take what I see in the scriptures and go with it. You know what that tells me? Even though it's a cell, they can see it in the microscope. I know it's sus. Amen? And I know how to deal with it. Because I have the name of Jesus. That's why you should read testimonies of cancers just falling off. From people. Have you read Oral Roberts and all of those? They have testimonies of it just fell off. It just disappears. Poof. It's gone. 
I've read a lot about those things. But Jesus said, I give unto you power in Luke. I give unto you power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And he says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Why serpents and scorpions? Different. You're dealing with different principalities and powers, dominions and minds. But you get power over them. And I like what Jesus said, nothing shall by any means, no way they can hurt me. I don't have to fast because I'm going to deal with the devil now. I already fasted and I can go and do whatever. I don't fast for devils. I fast to get close to God. Amen. And then after I'm close to my God and my mind is renewed, I don't have to fast because I'm going to be dealing with the devil. No. I fast to get myself ready. So when he sees me, he says, here comes trouble. And when he sees you, he says, oh, real trouble has come to town. That's the faith we have. That's why Paul says we are not mere men. That's why Jesus says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. What spirit? If you are born of the Holy Spirit, you have part of the Holy Spirit in your your DNA. That's what God says. You got the Holy Spirit, the chief of all spirits, and you're scared of a little demon moving in your room? Something is not right. There is no need to fear. That's why Jesus says, do not be afraid. God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. Because if you're still afraid, then you are in bondage. And you are being oppressed. God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. But he's given us the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So we've been adopted into the family. We are part of the family now. We can go and take whatever we want in the home and enjoy. And nobody's going to say, what are you doing there, boy? You are part of the family. And your place is truly welcome. Because God gave his blood to, get to have you in this adoption. He gave his son, his son's life, so that you can be part of his family. Don't demean yourself. You got the same authority because you are part of the home. Don't you see Prince William in England? I much power because he's a prince just by birth. Even before he went to college, he was already an important man in the country. Just by birth. Just by birth. So important. So sickness can be caused by this. Uh, demons. And if you cast the demon out, they'll go. If you have time, try everything. I lay my hands on them, it doesn't work. I get some oil and pour it on them if it doesn't work. (laughs) If that doesn't work, sit back again and say, okay. Try the demon, come out of it. Amen? You know, 
many times we're really scared of because we're trying to we're trying to prove something but i'm telling you don't prove it doesn't matter what i works or not and i don't stop there because you're learning jesus didn't have to learn i'm learning i'm trying to be like my master so if you're learning you're not perfect that's what the bible says also about prophesying he says you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn so it's the learning process and if you're learning something you're not perfect sometimes you make mistake then you learn from your mistake and you go back again sometimes your mistake is costly because you made a mistake and the person goes on to glory right but you learn from that that's what charles and francis hunter did they learned a lot of people died charles and francis said the first i think it was francis the first person they prayed for going out to pray for the sick that very first person that they said yes i got it now the person she prayed for guess what she died that will stop but she says i never quit i kept going until they became known all over the world kenya all over the world south africa you gotta start somewhere amen you gotta start somewhere it says in matthew chapter 12 verse 22 23 it says then one was brought to him who was demon possessed blind and mute and he healed him so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw luke eleven fourteen says and he was casting out a demon and it was mute so it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke what stopped him from speaking before just the demon so he cast out the demon he hasn't spoken all his life and now he's speaking and everybody said we got a miracle yeah it's a miracle because you are able to cast out the demons notice in luke chapter 10 the disciples were not concerned about killing the sick they were more excited about casting out the devils because if you can cast out the devils healing the sick is no big deal amen can you get it you follow me what i'm talking about if you can cast out devils healing the sick is not a big deal they were healing the sick but when they saw that they could cast out devils in the name of jesus they were more excited about that than the healing if you understand if you can handle a demon and cast them out you can heal the sick you can you can if you don't understand that then it's a problem but i'm going to go into how to deal with demons a little bit there are reasons why demons don't come out and it baffled me i learned and, and let me let you know this you can never be um what word will i use here you can never be an expert when you're dealing with demons every case is different I quickly realized that every case is different i was doing it i mean almost every day but every case baffles me and guess what it forces me to do in my mind i go back to him god what are you doing here what is this angela we both remember the lady that was had multiple personality she was there was in georgia you remember with mama she spoke like a little girl yep yep and she and then later she says uh tonya really likes you and, and that was another person they introduced me about three or four times to the same person and and, and she says celeste says i'm gonna call tonya to come see you and tonya came smoking 
when we got back from church, just saying all kinds of crazy stuff from my mouth. Every other word was a four-letter word. And I'm saying, oh God, what are you doing to me? Why is she coming to me? And she says, well, uh, uh, Celeste said to come and see you. And every word is loaded with these four-letter words. And she says, they said you can help me. And, and so I, four-letter words come. Another four-letter words to see you. Another four-letter words, see what you can do. And I'm thinking, and she was smoking. And I'm thinking, oh Lord God, what are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. What's going on here? You can never be an expert. But I act like I am one, even though I'm dying inside. <laughs> I act like I'm one. And I'm playing real calm. And talking to her, meanwhile I'm saying, God, why did you put me in this? What am I doing with this? What do I have to do with this? And I say, yeah, I'm good luck. Yeah, they really like you. I said, they, it was only you lady I saw. I never seen another, another woman, just you. But she said, talking about these other personalities, they really like you. And I said, great. Uh, they say you can help me. So I started talking to her. I can't help you, but I know somebody who can help you. A man, she said, I said, the men always abuse me. I don't want to deal with men. I said, no, 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 not this man. Not this man. He's never done anything. He don't have that kind of track record. I was just talking to her like I knew what I was doing. And I said, he wants to be your friend. Do you want to be his friend? She says, he never hurt anybody. He died first before he hurt anybody. In fact, he died so nobody can hurt anybody. And she says, I really like to be his, uh, his friend. And that's how we took it. We started praying. Angela was on my right and she was on my left. And I was praying for her to receive Christ. And all I was saying is, tell, we got to the place where I want Jesus to be my friend. That's the way I went with it. I don't, nobody's ever told me that, but that's what I was doing. But as soon as I got to the place where I said, be Lord Jesus, be, and she turned and came right to my face. She's mine. He says, she's mine. She's mine. You can't have her. That's what she said. And right there in my face. And calmly, I turned, I said, see this woman? I turned to Angela. And she turned and looked at Angela and came back looking at me. I said, that's my wife. I don't need this woman. But I'm talking to her right there. I don't need this woman. I said, but you know, the one who created her, says she wants her. And uh, she told me with her own mouth, she wants him. And I said, who are you? And instantly, the whole place. She was all over the place on the floor. And I went after that demon and uh, trying to get the demon out. That's the kind of thing that we need to know. Demons don't want to come out primarily because in most cases they've been in this place for a long time. That's their home. Secondly, they don't want to come out because the person who has the demon is afraid. They know the power of the demon. You don't have any idea. And so they won't even come for prayer until they are sure you can help them out. Because in their mind, if you don't really get rid of them, these demons are going to come back and they're going to make life really painful for them. And so they never come to you until they are sure you can help them. So, and when they have that, you may pray whatever you want. They are not going anywhere. They know. 
because this person is not really letting, but you don't know that. You have to be able to gain their confidence and let them let release so that the demon can go. Another thing is unbelief, and this goes both ways. Many times for us who are believers, when we hear what they are saying to us and what they are doing, inside us we are afraid. Oh God, like me, why am I dealing with this? Or like my friend says, what is she saying? Because you are a little bit, but all I tell in my mind, I don't care the color or how they are acting, whatever they are doing, their height and all of that, it's a demon. Simple. And I have the power to deal with it. So I, I don't need to be afraid. They tell you all kinds of crazy stories. And when they tell you these crazy stories, like the young, the young man in Georgia, where he says, I am Lucifer. I said, then Lucifer, you need to go today. It's your time. Come out. So there is that unbelief. And they see this song. Then another problem is, they don't truly want to be free. Why? Because there's benefit from this thing. And so you have to let them know you're going to go to hell and you're going to live with them. It's going to be really painful over there until they change their mind. The reason is the demons gained access because the person was willing. Maybe the family is a curse. They've been willing from one generation to the other and so he's there. And so until the person says, I don't want that anymore. Once they say it from their mouth, once, that's all I try to do. Get the person to say, I want you out of my life. Once they say it from their mouth, it's over. And then, I'm telling you, these are practical things, okay? From experience, just to let you have this. I never pray for a child without the parents or somebody with a guardian over that child. It won't work. Reading the scriptures, Jesus never prayed for children unless the parents were there. Or somebody who has authority over the child was there. They go to the person first before he deals with the child. That's very important because they have authority over that life. It's a principle. You have authority over your life. What you allow is what's going to come in. But the day you say, no, I don't want this anymore. Heavens hears, the heavens hear it. They, they have to go. But if there's a little desire to keep them there, they know it. And they're not going anywhere. So I don't have any trouble. If the person wants to be free, they can be free. But if there's still nothing, desire to have this, then I usually ask people, are you really sure? Because if they leave because I pressure them, they're coming back to check the home. And because they've had a bad experience the first time, when they come back, they're smart enough to know, I don't want to go there alone. I need seven others to be with me in this place. And Jesus said the latter time, the latter stage of the person is worse than the first. Really important. Sometimes they have a covenant with them. And you don't know, so usually I'll ask, have you caught any kind of covenant with them? I had a lady, uh, they called me from Georgia. The covenant was made with her hair. In those days, once I realized, and sometimes it comes to you by word of knowledge. I just ask the question, what is it with your hair? And they get very upset. I said, I know there's something there. You remember something? Satan always likes to mimic, mimic what God does. So they have a covenant and you cannot even know unless God gives you a word of knowledge. So once I said, and they're having a lot of issues, lots of problems in their lives. 
So when I say, what's wrong with your hair? I remember a girl, Florence, God told me, her hair. I said, your hair, I got to cut your hair. She's absolutely, she shut back quickly. No! I said, well then, don't come to me for deliverance. Not going to do it. I'm not going to pray. Well, I, in those days, I'm really, I was crude. I just cut off the long hair. Don't care about it. Cut everything off. <laughs> You're laughing. I was learning, okay? Still not an expert. But today, what I do is, I will anoint the hair with oil. Amen? In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't have to cut her hair. And then after that, as long as she's willing, anoint with oil, the demon knows that covenant is broken, now come out. And they leave. Sometimes quietly, sometimes violently. But I like to tell them, please don't tell the person too hard, just leave. And they'll listen. Because God has given us authority over that. Amen? Well, I thought I was going to be finishing today, but I needed to show you these things. It's really important. These are the things that God has taught me over the years. And many times I don't have opportunity to preach. you preaching the message and all of that. But this is something practical. And you go out and plan, you know, practice these things. Sometimes it's not just ordinary. It's not natural. We have to recognize that there are still demons, demonic forces here. And you need to be willing to listen to that. I tell people, if in the time of Jesus, among the Jews that were following God Almighty, huh, there were so many people who had demon, demons and problems with demons. And then you have the generation like we have now don't even know God. And we think the demons are not there. Are you kidding they're doing things to their homes, to their children, planning their death. They destroy them. But God, that's why God says, your children will be taught of God. And God says, I'll protect them. No evil will come near your dwelling. We see those scriptures. The reason God's saying it, he knows what's going out there. Read Isaiah 54. And get a picture of what's going on. They plan to destroy you and destroy your family. Destroy your finances. Destroy your marriage. Destroy everything about you. Put you down, knock you over. But you see, the blood of Jesus was, was shed so that you are totally protected. And he becomes your hiding place. He becomes your refuge. He becomes your foundation. And nobody can touch you. You are the apple of his eye. But unless you know it, the devil will harass you, harass your family, make you feel bad, put all kinds of condemnation upon you. But the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't need to feel condemned because Isaiah 54 says, God said, I swear I will never be angry with you. Read it. Isaiah 54 says it. God said, it's just like the waters of Noah. As I swore that the waters of Noah will not go over the earth. And every time God wants to do something, that rainbow comes on. God says, this is what it's like. I just like I swore that the waters of Noah will no longer kill individuals. Even so, I have sworn by myself, I will never be angry with you. God says that. Read Isaiah 54. Never be angry with you. And he won't change his mind. Once you are in Christ, no matter what's going on, he's not angry with you. He loves you. 
He leaves the 99 that's healthy. He goes after the one that's hurting and having problems. He's never angry with you. He's sworn he'll never be angry with you. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, it was finished. And God, like I said, he's a happy God. He's a happy God, don't have any problems. He doesn't have any problem with you even right now. Even if you've done something bad, he still loves you and you are accepted. And he will take you in. He says, I'll never be angry with you. I think I need to go to that scripture, okay? And I'm going to close with that. Next week, I will go into Paul's thought. <laughs> okay? I thought I was through. It's, time is gone, and I need to... Isaiah 54. Verse 9. And I'm going to close with this. Paul's thorn is very important because there's a lot of lies. When you believe a lie, he's going to hurt you. And sometimes these lies, it takes years to get out of your head. I remember as a new Christian, I was taught all kinds of crazy stuff. It took me over three years battling, even though I knew what I had been taught was wrong. I had to battle for years to get it out of my system so that God can, can minister and bless me. It says, for this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be angry with you, nor rebuke you. Well, that's what God said, and he's not asking for your opinion. This is what he wants to do. He will never rebuke you. It says in verse 10, for the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. Says the Lord who has mercy on you. That word mercy on you. When you came to Christ, he had mercy on you. And on that day, God swore he'll never be angry with you anymore. He'll never rebuke you. His covenant of peace upon your life will never be removed. It's always going to be there. So I got nothing to be afraid of. You got nothing to be afraid of. It's just like a good Christian, bad Christian. We don't have anything like that. We are all righteous before God. And everyone can be used of God. Just go out and try it. I remember, I'm going to close with this. I remember one time I was dealing with a demon in College Station. And the demons, for, I've been dealing with this for days. And they won't go. Two of them actually. And this lady knew of them. She knew because she, she got that when she was probably eight years old. And she never told anybody. It was a Catholic church. And the, the students told her in Texas A&M, because of her problem, go to good luck. He may be, he, I think he's the only one who can understand your problem. Well, I didn't know anything about it. But she came to me. I had a science conference that I was about to attend in Arkansas. Uh, and I wasn't going to deal with that. But as I sat, as I sat down, immediately the, the Spirit of God told me, this is the nature of our problem. So I, I just immediately turned to her and I said, I think I know what's wrong with you. She had not said a word to me at that point. And she stopped because she was sitting on the floor and she was just playing. Basically, she had made up her mind, this is another trial, it's not going to work. But as soon as I said that, she got very serious and she turned to me 
and she was very focused. And then I talked around the problem from my experience so she can tell I knew what I was talking about. That was it. She locked into it. And she told me everything from the time probably she was eating a Catholic church and she was a grown woman now in Texas A&M. And I won't go into the whole story, but the day that I felt like no way I can cast a demon. I had been angry. I yelled at somebody and got very upset. And I knew I had sinned, okay? I went there doing, because we had arranged to meet that evening for the deliverance section. And I didn't feel like going that, that evening because I had acted badly. So I had, how many of you had this quick uh, repentance prayer? <laughs> I had this quick repentance prayer and my idea was I'm going to go there and tell her, hey, uh, let's do this next time. I'll come back. But she was so excited to see me and, and she was ready. I never said a few words. And she had this big yell that came out from my mouth and that was it. It was gone. I quickly realized this is dangerous. Because if this continues, you're acting bad and God is still doing something, you might think it doesn't really matter. I had to caution myself, you still need to repent properly, okay? (laughs) You need to do what's right so you don't get in trouble. But again, the point is, God's always there for you because he loves them and he wants to bless them. And you are his tool and he uses anybody. Believe me, anybody who is willing the Holy Spirit is giving out gifts to everybody as He wills. But it's according to whether or not they are willing. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. Isaiah 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, God will do this for you. So God can use anybody. The reason I'm sharing this is because I want you to do it. I want you to do this. Amen? I quit here. Stand up with me. I have a lot I need to share with you. It, 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 really, it really will not bless me until you start doing this. Amen? I need you to start doing this. I really need you to. Uh, I think it was yesterday also I was talking to Pastor Paul in Nigeria. I discovered a secret. When they bring the possessed person to me and I can't get the demon out, I find a formula to get him out. How many want to know what that formula is? It always works. And Paul was telling me, I just did that with a possessed woman. What I do is I I go take them through the gospel and make them receive Christ. Okay? And then after we've done that, they know that they are saved. Then I, I first let them know hell, heaven, and all of that. Then after they've received Christ, then I say, now, Jesus also said to receive the Holy Spirit. And I take them through all the scriptures, ask and you shall receive, you know, and all of that. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? And they agree with me. Then I said, let's pray for the Holy Spirit. And they pray to receive the Holy Spirit. And then I tell them to start using their faith. If you read my book, you get there. Step out and start speaking. 
I notice every time they open their mouth to speak, you get a violent reaction. And the demon knows he's got to go. Once I get to that place, I say to myself, I got him now. He's got to go. And usually they leave. They just leave because the person has asked for the Holy Spirit. That's a secret weapon for me. These things are practical. They work every time. Amen? If the person really wants to be free. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. Don't just be a Christian and live life ordinary. Jesus said you can do the things that I... The same works that he did. We have to do that. Because of the world. As we witness... As we bring them to Christ. We need to do that. We need to let God use us. So the world know that we the world will know that we're different. There's something about you that they don't have. They want what you have because they see power in your life. So important. So important. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that you've given to your servants of God and your handmaidens to do your work. You said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. This sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they sick will recover. That's our inheritance, O God. And I speak your inheritance tonight over your people. I declare that they can cast out devils in Jesus' name. I declare that they can pray and heal the sick. Even those that are just new to the Lord, they can do it. And God, I pray that you will give them boldness so that they can go out knowing fully inside them. Yes, I can do this because Jesus said I can. I can do this. And then let them begin to practice by your grace, O God, so that more and more those that are oppressed will be delivered. And be brought into the house of God. Serving the living Jesus forever and ever. Thank you Lord for your great mercy. Thank you Lord for the truth that you've taught us. We have it in our heart right now. Thank you Father. We are no longer afraid. We have the truth. You've given us the spirit of power. Of love and of a sound mind. Thank you Father. In Jesus name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.